All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to be here with my good pal, Anilo Puro. Folks, there's only one thing left to say. The Denver Nuggets are NBA freaking champions. How great does that feel? How great does that sound? I mean, how, how could you not love this team? I keep coming back to that. I keep coming back and saying that over and over and over again. But it's true. It's real. And like this, it just feels so good to be a part of this for sure, to, to be able to share with all of you. Uh, amazing stuff coming through. Uh, we've got so much going on, and like I mean, last night was a movie. Like that, there's no other way to say it, my guy. Anilo in the house. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, how could you not love this team? I'm kind of speechless, man. I was telling you, I saw the sun come up. Uh, I could not. It was so funny because I actually was watching TV. And I got to where it was, it was 4 o'clock local time here in Colorado, so 6 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time. And it was like the fresh start of shows like for the day like starting. And I was like, wait, like they're reacting to this live? And it was just – it's surreal, man. I mean, it's absolutely surreal. I, I mean, you were in attendance. I was in attendance. The vibes were as incredible as I've ever seen. Um, the players after the game, I mean, Jamal getting emotional. I love how Nikola Jokic is still just Nikola Jokic. I mean, essentially the same person. Um, happy for Malone. I love how he Malone, it, he realized it, but like one of the first things out of his mouth was like, you know, this is only the beginning. Like, you know, just typical Maloneisms of like looking forward and we got to be better and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> what a time, man. What a time. Thank you for having me on the pod and for Nuggets Nation out there. What's up? Hope everyone got home safe and is, uh, you know, feeling all right on this. I think it's Tuesday now. So. Good time, it, my friend. It's all blending together. Somebody yeah. asked me like what day it was, and I, I had no idea what to tell them at this point because for us, it's it's just been an absolute whirlwind. Uh, for everybody here, and like I mean, this is this is a long time coming for a lot of people. This is episode five hundred of this podcast for me, and I started this pod. Thank you, thank you, my guy. I started this uh, with Nate. Uh, with NATO and partnering at Mile High Sports. I was still at Denver Stiffs at the time, but we were partnering, thought that this could be a thing, and, and we, we had this in the works for a while. But this is episode 500. And to have 500 episodes and to continue to, because I, I tried to, I, I had some major help over this, like on this over the course of these years. But like a lot of it is just like on, on my own backbone. And I, this is where I get to be like, here from the beginning. Doing this on the ground level, boots on the ground, and we're we're covering this for real for a long, long time. And you and I got to reminisce at the arena last night about man, I was eighteen and you were seventeen when we both started. It's wild to me, man. And I, I I've been thinking about that a lot, and it's just been you know like Harrison, like everybody, like you know Dempsey, just like people that have been there from the start. You know Scott Hastings. Uh, you know I saw Moj on the radio call last night, and and. You know, for you and myself, like, I mean, I still remember, dude, like, I don't know if it was the first time that I met you, but like sitting in that media room and you, like, you told me you were going to South Carolina. And I was like, oh, like, you know, here's another young guy trying to break into this industry, and, you know, just do good work. And obviously, you know, our paths crossed at one point. We've gone different ways and now we end up back together at Mile High Sports. And it, it was just so cool, man. And I mean, to be in that building, like, and I was talking with my buddy Trey Mitchell, who I know you're very familiar with, and Trey. For I, I saw Trey in at Game Four in Miami. Like, we were, yeah. we were vibing out, man. It was awesome. And it's like he texted me like this morning or something. He's like, "You remember 2014 
when nobody cared. And like, this was before I was even in the media, but like him and I would just yeah. buy $5 tickets and go down, you know? And it's just been, it's been crazy to see. Cause I remember like when I first got into the nuggets, like I was like, so questioning why their fans like weren't turning out. Like, I mean, those, the stadiums were empty. Like you couldn't, I mean, you could go sit for, you know, close to the court for, you know, a couple bucks, whatever it might be. And to see the fan base mature, grow, develop, and do that with Malone, do that with Yogis, do that with Murray. Um, it's beautiful, man. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And I mean, for, and that's the thing, there's nothing like the first, you know, I mean, ask Broncos fans when they won their first avalanche fan, when they won their first Rockies may never come, but there's nothing like the first championship. And we got to witness it together, my friend. And I'm just happy that we're on the same team here at Mile High Sports covering it. It is, it's, it's genuine too. And like, that's, that's part of it that it, we have a media group. I feel like that celebrates each other, that celebrates the successes. Everybody props each other up and mm-hmm. like, there's never been a thing where nobody's better than anybody. Like that's that's just never been part of the culture. And I, I, I went down to the DMBR bar last night, and like I, I vibed out and enjoyed my time. Yeah. And like those guys are are awesome, and I love them. I love them to death. Um, but like we we all got to go through this, and it, it's just really cool to be able to experience it. Um, let's we'll save some of the reminiscing a little bit for the for the end of the episode, but I I do want to. Maybe not go over the game too much because it wasn't the prettiest game. But. It was not a good game. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of an ugly game, but a win is a win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 94 to 89 was the final score. Uh, just an absolute rock fight. I said the first to 80 wins. Like I tweeted that pretty early on in the game, and it actually did play out. I think it was Denver that, that crossed 80 points at first. But uh, this game was contested all the way down until the end, and it was on edge. Everybody was just so stressed out about this for the entire time. And uh, you could sense how how nervous everybody was. It was it was unbelievable to like feel. And like I didn't know how I was gonna feel during it, but it was so clear to me that like, Denver was going to end up winning because they had the power of everybody behind. Like they had the power of the city, they had the power of like like Nikola Jokic was unbelievable. Jamal Murray made the plays when he needed to. And then everybody had their own time where they stepped up. And it was just very, very cool. Uh, Nikola Jokic gets finals MVP, the Bill Russell finals MVP. And you wouldn't know it based off of his reactions last night, but he, uh, I think he was pretty happy. I do, I do think he was excited about it. And it was just very, very cool to be able to see. Um, what were your takeaways from Nikola Jokic and, and kind of the, the presser that he had on of like the podium stuff uh, in the center court and just like his overall vibe and demeanor from last night? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was interesting. And I have started to believe he puts on a little bit of a show in front of the media. Like, I don't think he's that disengaged. You know, I, I think yeah. it's a little bit theatrical. And I mean, we see it in some of the behind the scenes video that we get. Like, he he really does care. And when he kind of gives those nonchalant, like, well, it doesn't matter, like, type answers. Like, I think that's a little bit of an act. I do think there's some truth in it. Um, But, you know, that moment last night, I was actually just looking through some of, like, the images that we could use for the website, and there is a whole catalog of just, like, him and his wife and his kid, and I just such incredible photos. I can't wait to post those later for my live sports. But, you know, what I said earlier, Ryan, is you would have thought that was game two or the final game of the season. You know, obviously, outside of the banners in the background. I mean, he is just... The same person through and through. I love how he just crashed KCP's presser by pouring beer all over him. Um, <laughs> kind of 
complaining a little bit when he found out that the parade was on Thursday, meaning he can't go home to Serbia as soon as he would have liked. So, I mean, he's a complete unicorn, man. I mean, there, there's nothing. And I mean, not to get like philosophical, but I, I think he is he's a great role model. I mean, seriously, about like basketball is and everything. There's more to like, like just says the right thing. And yeah. as somebody that I come away from, and I know that we're media and we're not fans, whatever it might be, but like every time like he he's talking wisdom is, or he's being honest, I'm like, He's just a good guy. And not to say that there's not a lot of good guys in the business or in the NBA, but like I've covered a lot of athletes, man. A lot of athletes are very fake. And the one thing with Nikola Jokic that I can appreciate is he's honest, he's truthful, and he cares about his teammates and his family. And I think for the face of a franchise for this team, how much work could you ask for, man? So I, I, I just thought it was awesome. And I, you know, typical Jokic at the podium. I loved it. Typical guy. And like it, it makes it easier to root for a guy like that. And I know, like, we, we kind of double as fans of media. Like we, we want, we want to kind of walk that line a little bit and, and be able to enjoy the moment because we've, we've been here. We've, we've done this right. and it's just been, it's been a, a very incredible experience as, as, especially as a native, somebody who, who grew up here and like never had a guy like Nikola Jokic. Like, no, I, I remember back when, when JJ Hickson was stealing rebounds and, and trying to manage things with Kenneth Fareed and Brian Shaw. And like, oh my it was just a disaster. And like, I mean, that, that's not that far back, obviously, but I mean, there have been some low points in Nuggets history for sure. And like, you want a player like this that you can celebrate and that you can center your entire franchise around. And it's, it's pretty clear. Like, I think Giannis is going to go down as the defining player in Milwaukee Bucks history. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry goes down as the defining player in Golden State Warriors history. Dirk Nowitzki, you could say the same for the Dallas Mavericks. Tim Duncan, like you could say the same for Nikola Jokic. And and he's in that category now of, of just like these defining icons for an entire franchise. And I, I just feel like that is a different level of love that he probably hasn't fully appreciated yet. He keeps saying, like, why are you guys making such a big deal out of this? Like, no, it's because it's a big freaking deal, dude. Get with it. (laughs) I wonder how he'll be at the parade because I think when he sees the masses that come out for that and kind of – I mean, I was down there for the Avalanche parade last year, man, and it was crazy. You know, and I know, like, the hockey player and the basketball player are different, but, like, it's hard not to be on top of that float, I would imagine, and not feel something. And that's the thing is Jokic is a very much – He's a team person guy. So I think if anything, the joy that he'll feel is for everybody else around him. Maybe not necessarily for himself, but to be able to be that guy, whether you like it or not, that brings, you know, this source of happiness and joy to so many people. I mean, you know, not many people could say they could do that, man. And, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. He is a special player, um, an excellent face of the franchise, an ambassador for the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, like I said, turning on the four letter network and everybody's praising them and praising the nuggets. I mean, I put out the tweet on the my life sports Twitter accounts, like the end of uh end game, like where Thanos like goes on the farm Ooh, and just like yeah. looks out like the work is done. Nuggets fans, the work is done. Like you guys did it. Climb the mountains up. <laughs> That's infinity war. Infinity, infinity war, yeah. by the way, I want to, I want to make sure to get a nice correction as, as a, as I'm an sorry. MCU fan myself. Uh, no, it's, it's, it is, it is storybook. And, and the other, storybook aspect of this is Jamal Murray. Like oh. how how can you not love what Jamal Murray has meant to this team now and to this franchise? Like immediately he's like <laughs> maybe not the second most iconic player in franchise history. That might still be Alex English, but like he's up there. Like I mean, how could like I honestly, you may have to talk about this as a duo like going forward. Like it's it's Jokic and Murray. Like yeah. it's it's they're Bonnie and Clyde. They're Abbott and Costello. Like this is this is the crew. This is this is the duos here. They're, they're Jordan and Pippen, like Kobe and Shaq. 
hey, somebody who wrote about it as like, hey, you, you're Kobe and Shaq. Like, I, I feel like I could take a little bit of credit on that one. But uh, no, it's, it's a, it is a really, really cool thing. And just talking to people last night, he did this in his first year coming off of a torn ACL. His first one. Like, he's 26. He's still going. He's still getting better. He's a guy who, obviously, he hadn't reached his his peak levels early on in his career. It's been kind of a slow build for much of his time, and then it was interrupted by the injury. But this is storybook stuff for what he for what he's doing, and I don't think the story's ending here. And I, I was chatting with my good friend Jake Shapiro last night, and he turned to me at one point and even said, like, Jamal got it right. And I think in part where my head went after that is because I was kind of one of those people like when in the middle of last season, not the season that just ended yesterday, but the previous season, like, okay, like maybe he'd been, you know, I I was, I, not that I ever had an issue with the recovery, but I was like, dang, like this is a year and a half. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like the NFL, sometimes we see guys come back in six to seven months and I'm not a doctor. I'm just a boneheaded sports fan, but you have to give credit to the nuggets for patience. And I know that's been a big theme of across the board with Malone. But for let what it was what eighteen months for Jamal Murray, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know many organizations that are willing to wait that long with a player who's an MVP in his prime uh, to you know kind of see it through necessarily. Especially you know Jamal could have probably got some good trade value had they wanted to go that route as well. So you have to give credit for the Nuggets for essentially saying bleep the noise. We're going to do this thing our way, and it paid off. And I mean, I know you and Jamal, you know, you've covered him up close and personal for a long time. Um, that was really cool, man. And I, I mean, that's the thing is I, I hope I never have to come back from an ACL injury. And I know I'm not going to be winning a yeah. championship if I ever do. Um, and I forget the word that he used. I think it was like tenuous or something. Like the doubt that you go through in coming back from an injury like that. Like he talked about going up for congested rebounds or certain pivots, you know, when driving to the paint. To see him kind of overcome those obstacles and those hurdles, uh, you know, game after game, month after month was fantastic. And you have to almost think of them as equals. Like Nikola Jokic is the back-to-back MVP, like you said, and it's Jordan and Pippen. But it's like, I don't know if Nikola Jokic is winning this chip without Jamal Murray. Like, you know, he he's as important to this team as Nikola Jokic is, just in a different way. He is I, – I just posted this stat right before we got on here. Uh, one of the first players in NBA history, along with Nikola Jokic, by the way, to put up 26 points, seven assists, and 50% true shooting in 15 playoff games. So like a deep playoff run is what it, what it really is about. Mm. The only other guys in NBA history to do that outside of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray are LeBron James four times, Michael Jordan twice, and James Harden. I, it's, it's absurd. I, I mean, <laughs> that's absurd company to be in for somebody yeah. like Jamal Murray, who should only still be getting better. Like, yeah. that's the other thing is, I mean, he's still got a couple of years of like a year removed from the injury, you know, like, you know, you're still in your, your mid to late 20s, like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. And Nicole, Aaron Gore. I mean, this core dude, like, I know we're talking about Murray in particular, but they did that when there's still a ceiling that I think that they can be higher with. And I think Malone yeah. did a great job in kind of quoting Pat Riley of like, okay, you win one. And now the challenge is trying to turn one into multiple, which is the equivalent of a dynasty, which is obviously extremely difficult. But if there's ever a team that's set up for that, why not the Nuggets with the way that they're set up with the age, draft picks, and all that stuff? We're going to talk about it. We're going to hit on it later. Uh, but for now, I think we should take a break. Let's when we it. come back, we're going to get to Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and just a general appreciation for the role players on this roster and everything that they meant for this city and for that they meant for this team. But first, 
everybody in this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Uh, bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to 250 bucks uh, on your first bet. They'll match that. Win or lose first bet bonus, they'll match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackford here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, make sure to drop a like in the chat here. We're going to have plenty of opportunities uh, to, to be talking about this stuff, but uh, this is the first one. This is this is episode 500. Like, uh, we gotta we got to get some some love in here. Five, zero, zero. I mean, it's so cool. It's, it's very cool to be a part of and going to do a whole bunch of reminiscing, as everybody knows, but I want to talk about Michael Porter here real quick. Finally got his moment. Like, yes. It wasn't. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. Uh, but I remember being in the like just just sitting next to Matt Moore, uh, trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this man's jumper. <laughs> what is going on? Like it felt like everything else he was doing pretty well. He was involving teammates as a passer. He was rebounding. He was defending. Just doing a whole bunch. And then he finally got the hezy pull up Jimbo and then uh. In the late third quarter, over I, I don't even remember who it was over, but like late third quarter, he finally gets one to go, and you could sense the palpable relief from everybody. Just like thank you so much, uh, Michael Porter. Uh, there was also a nice moment from Michael Malone and him that I, I I retweeted, where basically Michael Malone said, "You sacrificed a lot to be here, and we really really appreciate that." And just to see Michael Porter. Three back surgeries, sacrificing his role, like could have been a larger focal point of an offense somewhere else. But he bought into the culture, bought into the system, and now is an NBA champion as a result. I mean, I think he had the quote after the game last night where he even said, like, I'm not supposed to be here right now, you know, considering yeah. all the back surgeries. And I mean, you know, we just talked about Jamal Murray and kind of overcoming adversity and Michael Porter Jr. as well, you know, somebody who if it wasn't for the injuries is, is a consensus top three pick, you know, is, is kind of what the thought process was back then based off the skill set. And, uh, you know, Denver, right place, right time. You know, they, they draft him at the appropriate time. And I think Malone said it well, too. I mean, you talk about a guy that really, I mean, he's been in the league, what, five years now? But it's really about yeah. only three of playing time because he yeah. redshirted his first year, essentially, and then played, what, seven games was it in the previous season. So, I mean, you're talking about still a very raw Michael Porter Jr. who, who did not have the luxury of Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic to kind of find their game alongside Malone. When Michael Porter Jr. kind of got mixed in with the starters or mixed in with the lineup, this team was already, you know, a playoff contender and eventually evolved into a championship contender. So Michael Porter Jr. had less leeway, I guess you could say, to kind of figure out who he is as a player and really more so conform to the Nuggets system, as you brought up with Michael Malone, you know, making sacrifices. And, you know, another person who's got a lot of flack, you know, a lot of people that were kind of suspect or questionable, um, and look, did he have the most impressive series? No, the jump shot was not good. 
But you brought it, it up. Bro- it was, it was, <laughs> and he it said was it. Bad. <laughs> it was broken. <laughs> but where did he make an impact? Defense and being yeah. around the rim and grabbing rebounds. And I mean, you know, I like to play the numbers. Like one of the best trends that we picked up early on in the postseason was Michael Porter Jr.'s rebound prop because he was just scrapping and fighting and grabbing boards and just in and around the action at all times. And I mean, happy for Michael Porter Jr., man. And and, and that's the thing is of all the core players for the most part, I think Michael Porter Jr.'s ceiling is still the highest of them all in regards to untapped potential. That's an interesting one. Like I, I do think there there's a there's another level for him to reach for sure. And and to have the confidence now as an NBA champion and to say, look, this is this is something that I was able to do. Was he the most like efficient scorer? No. Like was he the was he the most high volume scorer? No. But like there's there's a reason to believe that he can improve the handle, that he can improve the feel, that he can like handle certain things a little bit better going forward. And he's just going to continue developing and becoming a better and better player. He's got to stay healthy. And obviously, like with the back surgeries, we're, we're going to see how long that, that goes. But like, I, I do feel like he's got another level if he can stay healthy and it, and like he could do it here if, if he wants to. If, if Denver wants this kind of dynasty feel, which I, I think that they could get, like he, he's going to have to be here. And like, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be. I mean, I think he likes it here, even even if it's not like the perfect environment for him. There are going to be times where he can be showcased, and I think the the team will also want for him to have that. So we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens, but I, I think he can be successful here and, and have a larger role here too. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and it's interesting because I feel like some people think of Michael Porter Jr. in a different way than he actually is. Like maybe it's because he came up in the AAU circuit and was such a highly touted prospect, but like he really does fit the mold of this team. And I, I remember. I want to say it was right around when he was drafted and he was stoked to be in a city like Denver because it's not too big. You know, it's kind of what he's used to being, you know, from the Midwest and whatnot. And I, I, I just feel like sometimes we think, maybe not you, but just people in general, like think Michael Porter Jr. is like this big time Trey Young type of guy who wants to go be the face of a franchise. When in reality, like I think he's very comfortable where he's at. Like, and I think he's happy winning. And that's like winning cures all. If you're winning, it's hard to be upset, right? But I think right. you, you mix keeping him happy, which I don't think is going to be difficult right now because of the way they play, and keeping him healthy. And I agree with you, man. I think there's another level you know, that Michael Porter Jr. can take it up a notch. And I just – Malone said it after the game last night as well. If they're back in a championship setting or in a conference final or a playoff, Michael Porter Jr. will be better in that spot because of the struggles in which he endured in the NBA Finals. So it's all learning experience. I love it. I love it. That's I love to hear that because there's, there is a level to get to with this. And – like you have to go through your lumps and, and because of the lack of playing time that he's had due to the injuries, like he hasn't had a lot of those experiences before to really learn from. So this, right. is, this is just all part of the growth curve. And like, that's a, that's a very exciting prospect for sure. Um, Aaron Gordon vibing out in downtown Denver, baby. Like he's, he's a man of the people just, just walking, roaming the streets of Denver and like in the midst of these celebrations, just there to enjoy it with everybody. How cool is that for Aaron Gordon, Mr. Nugget now? Like who he, He's exactly who the Nuggets needed him to be. And, and he stepped up in such a big way in this series and, and throughout these playoffs, really, and has just been exactly the player the Nuggets were hoping for him. Oh, man. I, I mean, we got that small sample size right before Jamal Murray got hurt. It's like he had to put pause on everything. And I love that Aaron Gordon was out in the streets in his game shorts like he did, like those things don't even have pockets. So it's like, where's the wallet? Where's the phone? Like 
So like some, guy, somebody's already got those things. Like, you don't, yeah. it don't matter. Like, he's a champion. It doesn't he matter. He was outside last night, man. And I didn't end up making it down to the pandemonium that was down, like, I guess, towards Coors Field that way. But I had a couple of buddies that were. They didn't see him down there. But it, they said it was just – I mean, and I was down in that area for the Avalanche last year. I feel like what happened last night was crazier, if I'm being honest with you. On a Monday night of all nights as well. I mean, fireworks letting off, dude, banging on the drums, Aaron Gordon roaming the streets. I mean, that is as cool as it gets. And I'm sure, you know, there's probably some people got a hold in their breath when they saw him out there on social media. Because, I mean, he was just, like, in there. Like, there was like, no security, no entourage. Like, it was just – it was like if Aaron Gordon was in between me and you right now, chat with us. Like, that's exactly what it was like. So, um, you know, from a basketball perspective, though, you want to talk about a guy that bought in, man. I mean, to be the defensive anchor, to be the dunker, and play a very specific role – um, fantastic stuff. I mean, he executed it to a T. And I posted it on Instagram a while back. But like, remember he had that soundbite before the finals about like he'll be in his rocking chair, you know, when he's seventy five, like thinking about this postseason run and all the guys that he defended. Like, I caught a little bit of not me, but like people were like, really? Like this dude isn't defending all these guys. Look at the stats. Look at the stats. Look at the impact that Aaron Gordon had on all of these series in the postseason. I mean, you can make the argument he should be the Nuggets postseason MVP because he had to guard the opponent's team, the opponent's best player consistently. You can make that argument. He played an integral role to get. And that's the beautiful <laughs> thing, though, Ryan. MPJ, same way to an extent. Jamal, Jokic. I mean, they don't win that game without Christian Brown, Bruce yeah. Brown. You really can make strong cases for five or six different players. No, that's that's part of the culture. We'll get to that in just a bit here. But, like, I mean – he got the game saving stop. Like he, he got it on, on, uh, Jimmy Butler last night where, where you're up five, you need a stop and, and he gets that. He also had that mean block, like just spiking the ball down into the, into the hardwood when Jimmy tried to go up over him. Like there, there was a lot to love there. And like what Aaron Gordon has given to this team, it's obviously incredible. I, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from Jokic and, and Murray, but especially Jokic on, they're, they're probably going to, they're, they're going to get that credit. But I mean, you don't win this without AG. And I think that's what you what we've seen over the course of these last like couple of years. You need everybody, and and it takes a village in order to do stuff like this. But the vision was perfectly executed, and, and we could talk about that for a bunch of different guys. And I'm I'm going to get to Michael Malone and Calvin Booth in just a little bit here, but just an appreciation for the role players: KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green. Dude, DeAndre Jordan played three minutes last night, and yeah, he was yeah. good. Like he was actually like perfectly fine. There was nothing wrong with what DeAndre Jordan did. When I was I was blown away. But I mean, more more so KCP. How about KCP spraining his wrist and yeah. then hitting a three and two clutch free throws? Yeah, that's the bottom here for you know that's veteran KCP play right there. I I, I mean, incredible stuff, dude. It was and another ugly series for him, but still made a difference where he needed to on the defensive end and in a leadership perspective. Absolutely. And he's, he was exactly what they needed. And I, I wrote four. It was one of the first things that I wrote for Mile High Sports was the 25 trade targets, free agency names. And at the top of the list was Kevin Durant because you had to ask about Kevin Durant. The next guy was Gary Payton II. And that was probably, probably a, a misnomer for me. Three and four were Bruce Brown and KCP. And uh, I, I felt pretty good about the types of players that they needed in order to become a championship contender or, or like maximize their championship window. Those were exactly the players that they needed for this series specifically. And they just had a bunch of guys that were smart, that could switch, that were competitive, and that took pride 
in their defense. And, and you needed that in this series. And those guys absolutely brought it. Yeah, you know, and, and Christian Brown, man, I, I, you want to talk about a guy that stepped up when his number was called. But, I mean, high school player, champion there, college player, champion there, and now an NBA champion. And Bruce Brown as well. You know, we'll see what the future holds for him. I know Mike Singer had a good little uh, article that came out last night as well that, you know, maybe opens up Pandora's box about a potential reunion. Hey, one thing we do know, he's going to go ride uh, horses with our guy Doug Ottawell. Hey, shout out, shout, out. shout out Doug, man. I mean, Doug's getting shout outs from Bruce Brown on the presser, like 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 live in the presser. Like yeah. Doug's got a great relationship now with Bruce. And That's pretty cool. For those out there who don't know who Doug is, he's the editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine. He started the company 20 years ago, and he's like a part-time – not part-time, but like he's either in Denver writing about sports or he's on his ranch in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, legitimately as a cowboy. And Bruce Brown was on the cover of our golf issue of the latest issue of Mile High Sports Magazine. And like they got to chat and obviously, you know, Bruce is with the cowboy hat and everything. And um, they ended up finding out that Doug was a cowboy. And yeah, you know, to Ryan's point, he so he got asked the question of like, what are you going to be doing this summer? He said, I'm going to learn how to ride horses with my guy Doug back there. And it was just like I was sitting there like, oh, my gosh, like you want to talk about a moment. But, you know, Bruce Brown, dude, he was you want to talk about a perfect fit. I mean, I, I, I don't know if seen a team acquire a free agent like that or acquire a player, I should say. And have him fit in that seamlessly. And like, I had to remind myself last night, he was here for one year. Like you would yeah. think with the way that he fit into this team that he'd been here for at least a couple. I mean, shout out Calvin Booth for that one, man. Shout out to Calvin Booth, uh, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, KCP, those guys. It was the perfect trio to add to this group. Uh, also want to shout out Jeff Green, who I know he doesn't really like me, but that's fine. Like, it don't have to like me for me to appreciate you and, and what he did. So hopefully that, that can continue. And, and like, I mean, uh, Jeff, a, an NBA champion after going through heart surgery and like, like bouncing around to every single team. Like, it's crazy. That's unbelievable. Ish Smith, an NBA champion, like bounced like he played the most teams in NBA history and he's now, at the end of his like end of his career, basically, like he may retire after this season. He gets to retire on a high note. It's really yeah. cool. And then DeAndre Jordan, as we mentioned, I, I said this last night. DeAndre became a meme for a lot of people, and he yes. just like he played a pivotal like not, not pivotal is probably too strong, but like he was a a massive leader figure in this Nuggets locker room, and then was on the court in a Game Five closeout in the NBA Finals. Like it doesn't get better than that. No, it, it doesn't. And it's just, it's full of storybook endings, you know, with, with kind of how everything's gone. And, and, you know, between that and everything we've talked about, man, like one story after the other, after the other, after the, like someone's going to write a fantastic book. Maybe you should write a book. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Well, act, I mean, like, never mind. I don't know if this is actually public, but I know the book is in the works <laughs> for, okay, I was for somebody say, else. So yeah. I, I can imagine that you write those as they go along. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, man, just story after story after story. And, I mean, that's no exception as well. And, I mean, that that's, that was what makes the journey so fun. And, like I said earlier, first one for the organization. It, you'll, you'll never – if the Nuggets ever win again, which I think they will with this core, hopefully, like, it's going to be exciting. But, like, you're always going to remember where you were at for that first game. And let me tell you this real quick. It was actually a really cool moment. So, I went down to, go like, shoot video of the final shot. And they were – like, I ended up, like, in the auxiliary, like, where we would usually sit for media. But they turned it into, a, I believe, wheelchair sitting. Um, yeah. or handicap seating. And there was two old Nuggets fans that were there. And with about 30 seconds left in the game, I was standing next to one of them and he picked himself up and got out of his wheelchair. 
and just like started cheering and clapping. This was right at right before they got the ball back to try to uh, milk the clock. And he turned to me and he said, they did it. And he stood up out of his wheelchair and started waving his towel, reached to his buddy clapping. And I, I, that was to me the coolest moment of last night. Like this dude has been, in, you could tell it's probably, I don't know, 60, 70 years old, somewhere around there. And to see him will himself out of a wheelchair to clap and cheer on the team, dude. Magnificent. So much this team has meant to a lot of people. And, and we're, we're going to get to that on the other side, but like, let's, let's wrap up this segment with a shout out to Michael Malone and Calvin Booth. Yes. Um, Masterful job from both of those guys. Michael Malone, we obviously talked about his relationship with Porter, how that's evolved. He's also, like, this team allowed 95, 94, 93, and 89 points in their four finals wins. Like, they, they bought into the defensive culture, the defense that Michael Malone was, was preaching for this entire run. It took eight years. It took a long time, uh, but he ultimately made it happen and, I saw a cool a cool graphic was posted this morning about this was actually the longest uh, amount of time, I think, in modern NBA history where before an NBA coach actually won a title with the wow. franchise that they were hired for. Wow. It's like seven years before this was his eight. Wow. And because most people like you're, you're cycling through coaches pretty consistently, but guys like Greg Popovich and, and Eric Spolstra and Steve Kerr, they won pretty early on in their tenures right. and it kind of – it helped propel them to long careers. The Nuggets stuck with Michael Malone and it didn't just like happen out of nowhere. And he had to like, it just had to happen. Like, and it had to happen organically. So for them to stick with them like this, it's really, really cool. And Malone earned it. He earned the right for that consistently. And they put their faith in him. They put their trust in him. Absolutely delivered. I, I said it on this podcast. I've said it to people around town as well. If there's anyone I'm most excited for, or most happy for, it's Michael Malone because he had to face the music. I mean, there was a fire Malone. Malone can't coach. Why is he still the coach? Like for years, not just two years, like six years. Yeah. Like, I mean, that has been kind of the theme with Malone. And, you know, he, he's been the same person through and through about you got to stick to the courage of your convictions and believe in yourself. And, you know, Getting these guys to buy in defensively is not an easy thing to do. You know, we've seen a lot of players to come into the league that are very one-dimensional offense, defense, and secondary. And that's where you got to give credit to Kevin Booth for giving them, you know, players that are willing to kind of put in the work. And, you know, that's that Nuggets culture that they're starting to develop here. And Michael Malone is the steward of that culture. And it started, you know, and I also think there was some maturity too. Remember what Jamal said after the game last night about he went up to him at some point in the season and was like, you know, we're grown men. Like if something's wrong, just tell us, like, don't get aggressive or passive or whatever it might be. And I think you saw the maturity of Michael Malone really develop over the course of this season, but he's the captain of the ship, man. And, and like I said, he's, uh, he's caught a lot of strays over the years. So if there's anyone I'm most happy for, it's him. Uh, he deserves it. And he did a damn good job. He's caught a lot of strays for the nuggets as well. And like taking a lot of bullets for everybody It's like taking a lot of blame and I know a lot of people don't like give him the credit for that, but he has, he's put a lot on his own shoulders so that the team didn't have to have it. And like they didn't have yep. to carry that burden. And that's, it's really, really cool to see. Um, as well as Calvin Booth, we, we've mentioned him for sure. But, uh, last thing here, like Calvin completed the vision that Tim Connolly had. And Connolly obviously deserves a mention for sure. And like setting the foundation for this group, but. Without Calvin Booth's moves, and I think he's been masterful in, in his time here. I, I don't see any reason why that would change. I, I think his, his vision is continuing to, to prosper here, but uh, he he deserves a lot of credit, and and I think the Nuggets are they're really happy with where Calvin's taken them. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was on my, like I said, I, I made my way down to the lower level to shoot some video. I actually was in the same elevator as Calvin Booth. And I, nice. there's a little clip up there on the Mile High Sports Instagram where he was walking. I didn't say nothing to him, but, you know, 15 seconds in the elevator and you can just sense that there was a, you know, vibes, good vibes, yeah. I guess is the only way that I could put it. And so I love it. You know, I think you said it well, man, completed the vision and made great trades, great signings, and they're NBA champions. NBA champions, man. All right, tell you what, let's take one more break. When we come back, we are going to discuss kind of what this title means to Denver and maybe how maybe how they could keep this team together and, and keep going for another one uh, here real soon. Uh, we'll be right back. But first, this message from our friends at Sandy and Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Drotra. This is Sandy Clough. Make sure you catch us from 2 to 4 p.m. every day on Mile High Sports, especially now, Sandy, as the Nuggets have the best chance ever to win an NBA title. It's basically all nuggets all the time at the present time, but we talk all sports from 2 to 4 every day. That's right. Every team, every day, right here at Mile High Sports. Guys will be able to catch uh, Sandy and Sean at two o'clock immediately after we finish up this one. Uh, and then you'll obviously be able to keep up with uh, with Anil and Cody at four to six. This this actually might be rebroadcast on, on, on I think the five o'clock hour. Is that right? Yes, we're gonna do that in the five o'clock hour. We actually might do it again tomorrow too. I mean, nice, this podcast nice. is. I feel like we should just run it. I mean, we're gonna have content on content on content. But yeah. I'm, after I do this, I'm going to head down to the studio. I'll do my hour live with my guy, Danny Bailey, then we'll play this podcast back over the air as well. Um, and I mean, a lot of people, maybe you don't know who it is. You got to listen to Sandy Clough today. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's been in this market and been through it and has covered this team. It's going to be classic Sandy Clough and Sean Drotart today as well. But I'm excited, bro. I'm, like, I'm excited to get down there. Like I called Danny Bailey this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, like they did it. I want to see the boys. Um, so I'd imagine the vibes are pretty high down at the studio as well. Oh, 100%. No, this is going to be this is amazing. Like it's just it's just amazing to be a part of and welcome. You can you can sense how important this is to the entire city of Denver too. Like mm-hmm. I just I just know that this means something and I I wasn't like really function. I I was, I was 1 year old when Denver when the Denver Broncos won in this city and that was that was really the first championship that the city had ever had. And so that's that's you're never going to replace that feeling. I don't think where where everybody could really get. Actually, you know what? That's actually not true. It was the uh, it was the Abs uh, who actually mm-hmm. who actually won first. I think in like '96. Yes, you're right. Uh, but I, and that was that was a big one for sure. And like you got Raymond Bork, and that was that was crazy. Uh, but I think that this one means a lot too, because for a team in the Nuggets that has been around for 46, 47 years in the NBA. Uh, now you can really say that you belong, and it's the first title to come out of the Western Conference since 1979. That was not that's either a California or Texas team, a California or Texas team. Like nobody else has had one. Like there has been nothing else, nothing in Phoenix, nothing in Seattle or Portland. Actually, it was Seattle back in 1979, but like. There's just been not a lot of other things like Utah came close several times. OKC came close, but Denver can now be one of those teams that's not in one of those big markets and say, yeah, we we actually are deserving of being on the big stage. And I think that this title means a lot for for this city to really identify as Nuggets fans again. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I mean, I would even make the argument that of the core four sports prior to this championship, I probably would have said the Nuggets had the most difficult path to a championship just because of the dynamics that is the NBA. We've seen the Broncos climb the mountaintop. We've seen the Avalanche climb the mountaintop. If the Rockies actually tried and hired good baseball people, they could climb the mountaintop too. It's more of a organizational problem with the with the Rockies than it is with the Nuggets. And I think that also means something as well. I mean, you bring that up. Big market teams win the NBA, right? Like, There's a reason why people were peddling Lakers Celtics. There's a reason why people were turned off to the San Antonio Spurs because they're not a big market team, right? And so I think, you know, that's where you have a little bit of that chip on your shoulder. If you're from Denver, like, yeah, we just did something that we've never done before, but we're doing it in a, in a city that maybe not a lot of people have given respect to on a basketball scale before. So, and I, I, I think if I remember correctly, I know obviously the Avalanche won it in Tampa last year, but I believe the Avs won 0-1 in Denver, but like the Broncos will never win a Super Bowl in Denver. Like the Rockies are never going to get to World Series again. So like for the Nuggets to win in Denver with the Avalanche having won in Tampa last year, I think it makes it that much more speed because that's what allows Aaron Gordon to just go out into the streets and have a good time, right? (laughs) It's like to win it in your building. And I had a couple of buddies that bought tickets and obviously you and I were there. There's something about that that just makes it that much sweeter as well. You know, I I was listening to the low post and and Zach Lowe and and Brian Windhorst on the way back at like three o'clock in the morning. And they were saying that this was the first time that a home team had won in their building since like 2017, like 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. Like it's been a lot. And and like you're seeing a lot of teams that have not been able to win in front of their home crowd. And now Denver got to share that with their own city. And like it's just such a big deal. Like how, how could you not love the Denver Nuggets? And how could how could like anybody really argue that this doesn't mean something to the city? Like the, the videos that are coming out of like oh man downtown are crazy and there's also like I mean I think there was a there's a shooting downtown which like that that's yeah shit, like but that sucks I that's it, it's horrible um people are going insane right now just just absolutely bonkers for this title and for for this group and and it is just in general like as long as people are are responsible like it has been just a pleasure to be able to cover it. Yeah, man. And it's it's just fun, you know, and I'm curious because now this will be the third parade that I've had the opportunity to go to. I went downtown for the Broncos. I was down for the Avs last year. And now we'll see, you know, what kind of holds up with the Nuggets. But the other thing I'll say, too, is it's big for the city in kind of, I don't want to say reclaiming, but like there's a lot of just basketball fans here that are not Nuggets fans. Like There's a lot of Laker fans. There's a lot of like, you know, other people from other cities. But like this is for the city. And so it's like, obviously those other fans are going to come out when their, when their teams come. But like, I feel like this gives Denver like that identity of like basketball town, Nuggets city. Like there's always going to be fans of other teams around town, um, you know, for those games and whatnot. But it's, it, it's, it's almost like ammo, you know, for the Nugget fan of like when they run into those obnoxious Laker fans at the game or the Celtic right. fan or whatever it might be of like, nah, we won the chip. This is our city. This is our town. And I think when you just, when you put it all together, man, it's it's just special, you know, and I I think like I just keep going back to the fact that they were able to win it at home, and I can't believe that it's been that long since a team has won it at home, and it makes it all that much more special as well. Hundred um, percent. One more thing before we we wrap this up. Before we wrap this up, <laughs> uh, still still trying to speak words here. The Nuggets have 
some questions here. They have they have a, a team that is mostly still together. Uh, you've got Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, KCP. All five of those guys are still under contract for the next two years, not just this next year. Um, Bruce Brown is a free agent, but Christian Brown is still here. Uh, Jeff Green will be a free agent, and, and DeAndre Jordan and a lot of the vets like that. But guys like Peyton Watson and Vlaco Chanchar and even Zeke Naji are, are still around. So like Denver still has some guys, and then they've got some draft capital. They just made a trade that I did not cover at all. Um, so like I have no idea what, what to even think about that right now. The draft is in nine days. I'm going to have to catch up on draft prospects here. <laughs> uh, but like, can the Nuggets keep this team together? Can they keep this going, man? Like, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford Bruce Brown for the contractual reasons that we've talked about, but um, like, is this this group feels like it's here to stay? As long as Nikola Jokic wants to continue playing basketball, I don't know why anybody would want to leave. That's where I'm at. And if the money's right, like I understand, like if the Nuggets can only offer so much for Bruce and he's getting two or three X that on the open market, like understandable. But like if the money is right and Nikola Jokic is playing and is engaged. Why would you ever want to go play anywhere else? And Simple now as that. there's there's a there's a fa- there's a money factor here, obviously with Bruce. Like he right. he's the guy that I I know he has loved Denver. I know I, we we understand because like at Mile High Sports have a decent relationship with Bruce Brown, which is kind of cool, right? Um, and now but like the the difference in money is just like it's just vast, and and I I hope that I, I honestly hope that Bruce takes an opportunity to get himself paid because that's why he came to Denver was so that he could catch passes from Nikola Jokic, bring a defensive culture, win a championship, and then go get paid after that. That was, I think, the vision. And the hope is that Denver, like, like, like he can actually go do that. But selfishly, I'd love for him to stick around, obviously. Like, I mean, he, he's been a perfect fit for what this team has needed. So I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, it, there, there are going to be some things that they, that they have to figure out. But the, the fact is, is that the core, like at its core, the core four is what we're going to call them with, with Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Gordon. These guys are still locked up. They're going to be locked up for a little bit here. I expect that Murray will get a big extension this offseason, too, like through the three year, $144 million contract extension, uh, to just so that he can stay around and, and like have his contract basically on the same line as Nikola Jokic's. Um, and then those guys like get to be together for the rest of their careers. And then, like, if that's the case, then the sky's the limit. Yeah, man. And like I said, I think as long as the money's right and, and Jokic is still here, like I don't I don't think any of these guys want to go anywhere. You know, like we talked about Michael Porter Jr. and he likes this city. Jamal loves this city. Uh Aaron Gordon, I think, is really taking a liking to Denver and, and the surrounding area as well. Nicole Jokic isn't going anywhere because he doesn't like change. And so I think it's it's nuggets or bust for Nicola. Um and, and that's the thing is as long as that core four is intact, you can build around it. And, you know, Watson, Brown, whatever it might be, like good players, very good players. But I don't want to say replaceable, but like it's not trying to replace Nicole Yoga's Jamal Murray. Like that is that, that's like when you're building a building, you got your pillars, right? And now you just got to build floors. And, you know, if you got to add some new floors or redo the floor, whatever it might be, uh, you should be able to do that as long as you have your pillars. So I think as long as those four guys are here engaged and ready with Malone as the coach as well, um, I think this guy's the limit. I really do. I love that. I think it's cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to reverse jinx the hell out of this, though, with Bruce. Like, we'll, we'll see. If, like, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he, he's going to. But I will see. Maybe maybe, maybe that changes. But we're, we're going to have to figure that out for sure. Uh, but plenty of time to, to figure that out. And, and I know the Nuggets are they're looking at that, too. But um, 
that's going to basically do it. I just wanted to wrap this up by saying, everybody, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this. Like we, we love doing this. We love being a part of this. This has been an incredible journey. Episode 500 of the podcast, as I keep mentioning. Uh, but we're going to keep going like this. This isn't just stop here. Like the, the coverage doesn't just stop just because the Nuggets won a championship. There will be plenty of like parade coverage for sure. There'll be plenty of draft coverage and off-season coverage from me. Uh, I don't know about uh, summer league yet. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> like maybe, maybe that's where I decide to take a break, but, and then then I'll try to get some some break time after that. But like from all of us, from the bottom of our heart, like thank you for allowing us to be a part of this journey with you. Uh, you are the best thing that could have happened to Anilo and I. I will leave it on that, man. I, I mean, actually, one thing. Thank you, Ryan. And I know I've told you this in person, but you you crushed it this season. I'm just happy to play a small role and happy to help out where I can. And I, I echo that from the fans. And, you know, we got a lot of good stuff coming at Mile High Sports. So stick with us. Uh, you know, we got the best guy in the business of Mr. Blackburn. Cody Work on the Broncos and other beats as well. So uh, for Blackburn, I'm AP, dude. Love you guys so much. My man, you did a great job this season. Appreciate you, my guy. Everybody. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. The final episode of the 2022-23 NBA season. Your Denver Nuggets. Your Denver Nuggets. Nobody else's. They are NBA champions. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support on this podcast as always. I'll talk to you guys very soon.